0: Good morning. Welcome to the live stream worship service here at Mayflower Congregational Church. Here at Mayflower, we believe that faith is a journey, that God is good, Jesus saves, and the Spirit leads us toward faith, hope, and love as we honor the dignity of all God's children. We miss seeing you and being together, but we are so grateful. To be with you in this virtual space, as you worship in your homes, cottages, RVs, porches, patios, wherever you are, know that you are loved and cherished. I am the Reverend Ruth Bell Olson, and along with the Reverend Dr. Jonathan White, we are your interim pastoral team. Two weeks ago, we said goodbye to our beloved pastors, Mark and Lynn, and as we look forward to the future, we are excited about what is in store for us. The Faith Formation Team has a summer theme called God Rocks. Please look for updates and activities on our website, Facebook page, and Instagram. There's also a God Rocks display in front of the church, and you are invited to leave a rock, take a rock, come and pray, and celebrate the steadfastness of God in these unusual times. Be watching the website and emails for some upcoming outreach opportunities and a special event with Sudanese Grace. Plans are information, and we know you will not want to miss them. This morning, we are starting a series titled Holy Mystery, and we will begin with a study of creation. We are overjoyed to be with you, and may our time together be a blessing and bring glory to our Creator. Now, for our call to worship. This call uh, echoes the words the Lord spoke to Job. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Who marked off its dimensions? Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy, the Creator God did all of this. So come, let us worship the Lord. let us join our hearts together in an opening prayer. And let us pray the words that Job replied to God. Lord, we know you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Surely we speak of things we do not understand, things too wonderful for us to know. So this morning, Lord, open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to feel your holy presence and love today. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Our second reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of humankind. The light shines. In the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all people might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every person Was coming into the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you. Let us pray. Almighty God, open our ears that we may hear, our eyes that we may see, our minds so that we may think and critically analyze, our hearts that we may be filled with compassion, and our hands so that when we leave this place, we leave in service. In the name of the Christ we pray. Amen. Endemic creation stories are part of every culture, tradition, and religion. This morning we heard two of our stories, one from the Jewish tradition and one from the Christian tradition. The Jewish tradition talks about the creation of the earth, the creation of the cosmos, God looking at all of it and saying, it is good. John's version of the Christian creation story talks about the Christ, the Logos, a philosophy that started in the century before Christ and Alexander Uh, by a philosopher named Philo who talked about the Logos, the Spirit of God being present. John picked up on that and talked about the Spirit, the Christ, being with God at the beginning of creation. And this cosmic Christ was with God and that Christ was God. Two beautiful creation stories. There are other creation stories, and they come from other venues. Today, the creation story dominating most of the West is a creation story created by science. The International Association of Big History has a number of historians who study That scientific creation. Big history is the study of history, not from the tribal perspective of a human country or a human civilization, but it explores history as humans can experience from the Big Bang to what we think will be the end of the cosmos. David Christian, Dr. David Christian, one of the founders of the big history movement and one of its champions, talked about the time when he was at Mercer University in Macon, Georgia. He was giving a lecture on big history, talking about the origins of the cosmos, uh, to the best of our evidence right now, 13.8 billion years ago. And he finished it, got through the formation of the Earth, life on Earth, the emergence of mammals, and from the mammals, the emergence of primates, the emergence of the homogenesis, and eventually the wise ones, the homo sapiens, so-called homo sapiens. When he finished the lecture, there was the usual academic applause, and he opened, uh, opened the audience to questions. The first person stood up, it was a young woman from Mercer, and she said, Dr. Christian... That was a very interesting lecture, but it's based on a false premise. David said, oh no, in his mind, here we go. She said, the earth is only 5,000 years old. David said, the students took care of that. I didn't have to say a thing what we have in these different creation stories is a confrontation. We have two things being confused that shouldn't be put together. And we have two bases of making decisions that shouldn't be put together. The first creation stories we heard were based on authority. They were handed down. They were taken by as given. Creation, or any other story that comes from authority, comes from tradition. It comes from inductive logic. It comes from a set of rules. On the other hand, we have evidence. Evidence is more deductive. It is empirical. It is based on observation. Now, in truth, this is not a simple dichotomy. In truth, authority does have some evidence. And in truth, evidence does stop at some point on authority. But be that as it may, these are two different ways of looking at creation. Why am I talking about that? Because... It's important on how we practice religion. If a religion is based mainly on authority, what becomes important? The way we do things. The order of worship. What prayers are said. How do you say the Lord's Prayer? When a religion is based on authority, that religion is based on rules and regulations. Do A, B, C, and D, and you get the reward. A religion based on experience or evidence is quite different. A religion based on evidence, talks about what we experience as we engage in the religion. And we've had both versions in Christianity. In the West, what we saw after about a thousand years was a church that increasingly relied on authority. In fact, at times it was very difficult to tell between the courts of kings and emperors and the court of the church. Procedures, rules and regulations do it like this. But there was an experience inside that medieval church in the Rhine Valley, monks and nuns started praying, started meditating, and started experiencing the presence of Christ. In Norwich, an unknown mystic wrote a guide to prayer called The Cloud of Unknowing. He said, just be silent and experience God. In the 1500s in Spain, St. Teresa talked about imagining your soul as a shining diamond illuminated in the darkness. The darkness surrounding it is sin. It contains poisonous reptiles and insects. But St. Teresa said, Go through that. Go into the sparkles of the diamond. She called them rooms or interior castles. Go into a room and experience God. Don't stay too long in that room because your mind will start drifting. Move to another room where God is present in another way. Then another room. Another room. She said sometimes you'll be amazed at what what happens. You're going to get a gift that you can't believe. And other times it'll just seem in your imagination like you're going from room to room. That's up to God. But that is a sacred experience. In 1902, American scholar William James published The Variety of Religious Experiences. And in that book, he argued that religious experiences are real. They are psychologically real. They transform people, they change behaviors. James argued that the story itself was merely a vehicle. It didn't matter if the story was literally true or not, it didn't matter if it was scientifically validated. What mattered about the story was its transforming ability. Later in the 20th century, Matthew Fox talked about going into those interior castles, going into those meditative thoughts, going into silence to see that all creation is linked with a cosmic Christ, The Christ inside each one of us longs to be united with the Christ of all. We're like bubbles in the ocean. Not complete unless we're linked to all the other bubbles. Authority And experience. Not saying that authority is wrong. I'm not saying that experience is the only way. I'm saying we need to discern the difference between the sources of our stories. Let's look at the creation stories that Ruth just read. That marvelous story in the beginning when there was nothing and the face of God, that thing that you cannot see, the face of God, that thing that Moses had to cover his own face with to experience. The face of God is hovering above the waters. And the breath of God, in Hebrew, the very breath coming forth. We know that after the formation of the two initial elements, that hundreds of millions of years later, the ancient stars lit up. God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God said it was good. Have you experienced creation like that? Look at the words of John in Archehen In the beginning was the Word, the Christ, the breath of God. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. John will go on to say later in that chapter, No one has ever seen that Word. No one has ever seen God. But we have seen Jesus. I love Matthew's interpretation of what is the Christ. There's a wonderful story in the 12th chapter of Matthew. John's in prison. And John sends his disciples to ask, Are you the one? Are you the Messiah? Are you the one whom we are to expect? And Jesus said to them, Go tell John what you see and hear. The deaf hear. The lame walk. The sick are healed. The dead are raised. And blessed is anyone who doesn't take offense in me. Jesus didn't answer with a yes. He answered with, What do you see? In a few moments, we are going to engage in a virtual Eucharist, a virtual Lord's Supper, a virtual communion. And we who are ministering here today invite you Wherever you are, if you're camping and watching this on a computer, if you're at your kitchen table, if you're broadcasting it through your computer and casting it to a large screen TV, we ask you wherever you are to participate with us. You can have your own elements. You can simply watch as we go through the liturgy and the celebration. You can simply pray. But however you do it, I ask you to look at the experience. Is it the authority of communion that gives it power? Or is it the experience that gives it power? Does the Lord's Supper call us to transcend barriers, to not only see the unity of humanity, but see the Christ in all creation? Does the Lord's Supper bring us to authority or experience? What do you think? In the name of God the Creator, God the Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: This morning, I want to say three brief things about how music is used to connect us. First, uh, our opening hymn, Sing Praise to God Who Sings Above, the God of All Creation. I had picked a different creation and praise opening hymn for this Sunday. But last week, when I talked to Thora, Thora White a few days before she died, we talked about the music she wanted for her memorial service. And the first piece she talked about was this hymn. So when the time comes when we can all meet and celebrate her life, we will be singing that together. But after that conversation, I thought, I want to, in the next few weeks, sing some of these songs that were so deeply meaningful for Thora as a way for us to connect with her and with Les and with their family during this time. Second, during this summer and our time of sheltering, We've been um, br- rotating people in from the choir as a way to keep our music uh, our music volunteers and staff connected, and today I'm so happy to have Anne Marie in this space. This week when we rehearsed was the first time that she came into our building, and she talked about how um, how it felt to be back in this space. So um, thank you, Anne Marie, for being here and for leading us in worship and singing so beautifully. And third, uh, uh, the importance of us connecting with other people in the community, with other uh, nonprofit organizations and others who are sheltering in place. So I reached out to uh, people in the Grand Rapids Symphony Orchestra First with Marcelo, who is the uh, music director of the symphony, who will be here in late August. And then um, two of their string players, uh, Alicia, who was here today. You heard her beautiful uh, two pieces. She played for her prelude. Um, We've played together an ensemble, but this was the first time that it was just the two of us. And she was also here on Tuesday. And she told me that our playing together on Tuesday was the first time since March that she was playing live with someone. We've all been figuring out this virtual and Zoom and send one. You've seen some of our choir uh, videos and um, it's good we have this technology to bring different musicians together, but it's a completely different experience to be making music live in the moment together. So I thank Alicia for being here and uh, you can look forward to um, at least two more Grand Rapids Symphony musicians this summer. She will now come up, and we will play a Gabrielle Foray Sicilienne. And you've heard me say this during this time already a few, few times, but the importance of familiarity for comfort. And so when she said, Let's do Gabrielle Foray Sicilienne, I said, Yes, that will be a comforting and a beautiful piece for Sunday.
0: It is an honor and a privilege to join the kingdom of God and work together to bring this kingdom to earth. One of the ways we are invited to do this is by giving to the ministry of Mayflower Church. As we prepare to receive this morning's offering, please know that there are many ways that you can give. You are always welcome to mail a gift to the church office. There is also a special mailbox for gifts located under the portico. We also have giving options online. You can find these links on our website or in the bulletin that was emailed to you. But for those of you who prefer to use your phone, there is a text-to-give option. If you text the word give to the number 616-344-6255, you will receive prompts and can make your donation that way. We acknowledge that we are living and worshiping in strange times, but your commitment to Mayflower and the outreach of this church is tremendous, and we thank you.
3: Oh
1: You to take your coffee, your lemonade, your juice, your wine, your bread, your cracker, cookie, or simply your heart and experience our virtual communion. We look forward to the time when we're all together. And doing this in the sanctuary once again. This table is not Mayflower's table. This table is not the province of Congregationalism or Protestantism. This is the table of Christ. And Christ invites everybody. He refused no one, including the disciple who betrayed Him. We come to this table not because we are worthy. We come to this table because we are invited. So, brothers and sisters, come from the east, come from the west, come from the north, come from the south. Woman or man, Young or old, Gentile or Jew, all members of humanity, come to the feast. These are the elements, the feast of God for the people of God. Come to the table, for all is ready. Let us pray. Holy One, we thank You. That in this time and in this place, you have called us into union with you. We thank you in the midst of a virus that you remain with us. We thank you that in this troubled world, you are still here. We thank you for this feast. In Jesus' name, amen. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. Let us pray. Oh, Holy One, we are united by photons floating and moving through electrical wires, but we are united in our hearts. So we ask you, wherever we are and whatever elements we're using, or if we are simply participating by listening with our heart. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit on these gifts that they may become the body and blood of Christ for us. And hear us as we pray together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We remember that on the night when he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And said, this is my body, broken for you. Ministering to you in the name of the Christ, we share the bread. And be to God. In the same manner, he took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for the remission of sins. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do so in remembrance of me. Ministering to you in the name of the Christ, we share this cup. of me. This is the cup of salvation. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you that you have refreshed us at this table, renewed us virtually through our love over these Electronic waves. We ask you to bless this congregation wherever we are this morning and unite us in spirit and fill us with joy when we can come back and fill our sanctuary again. In the name of the Christ, Amen. Friends, after they had finished that first communion, they went out into the garden and sang a hymn. If you feel like it, raise your voices with ours. If not, sit back and listen and celebrate. This has been the Feast of God for the people of God. Amen. on top of the world, then look out for others and be an angel. Is the world on top of you? The light still shines. As John said, it shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overtake it. So go from your places of worship Go in peace, go in love, go in joy. Go with the power of a Christ that is throughout all creation. In the name of God the Creator, God the Christ, and God the Abiding Spirit. Amen.